I want to start by going back to the start of your career, or maybe even the start of your your life in fashion, and I want to ask about your earliest memories yeah. of clothes. Because you said before that it came from watching an apron being folded in your dad's butchers. Is Tell that... me about that. I think first memory was even before that is uh, my parents' wedding picture. My mum was wearing a now I know it was a, a pink suit, but it was a black and white picture. That's me I had all the time that picture of a grey skirt suit. And that was the first memory. And the second one is asking my mum what was a veil, a wedding veil, and she showed me the curtain of the living room and say, That was my veil. <laughs> and as a kid to see a, a piece of nylon hanging from the window, I was like, Wow, and the, the the volume of, of the curtain was I start to associate it to fashion and, and to see that big square of white thing was like bigger than life and I unconsciously I start to have an idea that fashion was bigger than life. And talk to me about watching that meat being cut because obviously you're known for your cuts and your silhouettes. Yes. Is that where that came from? It, it was really funny because uh, my dad couldn't understand where that gift of or that creative creative gift came from and early in my, my career I had an interview with Colin Magdell and Colin said to me butchers at the beginning of last uh, century were considered like, like architects the way you have to cut meat and not lose a piece of meat on the bone you have to be so precise and say you cut like a butcher and you should see the face of my dad when I told him that because a, everything that we fight for and against during my, my teens, me wanted to become a fashion designer. I had the proof that it was coming from him and, and, and that was quite a moment in our, in our relationship of son and father mm. to say that uh, it was a legacy and not a rebellion. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about um, the way you've approached fashion since because you mentioned the clothes that your mother wore and you mentioned you know the meat and there's something quite kind of it's very physical and you're known for being a very physical designer yeah. um, is that something that you think can be taught or is that something that is just so innate I, I don't think it can be taught I think I think it's it's in to the question we ask ourselves why we're here and what's our purpose uh, you have to start to, to look out yourself in the mirror and try to understand what is your gift. And my gift it was in my hands. I think my dad had the same gift, but he used it in a, in a different, with a different medium. My gift is in my hand, it's the touch. And as much touching people and touching fabric, it talked to me. And uh, I like the, the emotion that, that I react to when, when I touch and uh, even it start with people because I had more a sexual life than, than a fashion life to start with. I, I, I went to life and start to learn from people by absorbing one-to-one -one relationship with them. And, uh, and from there you start to understand how fabric interact with, with skin. And there are some moments where you feel really rejected and, and you, you will use fabric in a different matter when that and when you start to feel loved and, and you feel your skin and fabric have more fluidity. Mm. You've said before that dresses are for undressing. Yeah. For you, is fashion, is it just about sex? 
uh, is about building relationship and sex is part part of it i think food sex uh, uh, entertainment, fun, you know, every, even drugs, everything is part of sharing. Even when you don't want to share, it's, it's a way of sharing with yourself. You know, uh, rejecting people is trying to to have a one-to-one -one relationship with yourself. Hmm. We've talked about fabric and we've talked about flesh, but mm. I want to talk about women because you've spoken about how much you adore women and you think they're incredible. But what was the point where, other than your mother, you started looking at at women and thinking about how they looked or how they dressed. Did that all come from your relationship with your mother or was it the women around you? I think I love women, they're incredible, but I'm, I don't have that kind of oh, pedestal about, no. I think what I like about women is they are not men. And I love that. I love, I love the fact that you have, from girl to woman, you have a life that we don't have. There is a moment where you enter a period when you become a woman and, and there is a private journey from the transformation of the body that men we don't. And the great thing about women, they talk so much about their problems in the press that <laughs> men don't have to talk about theirs, but we have as much problem, but we, they're so internal. You choose from an internal transformation to be really outspoken about it. And we make people believe we don't have an internal change, but we have, but we don't talk about it. And, and it's quite fantastic for me, that, that situation of, of women, because what I love at the end is when a man, we don't know anything, a straight man about fashion, come to me and say, my wife or girlfriend was so beautiful. And I know at that moment, I, I have created a situation between, of privacy between two people through an outfit. And and that's my only interest in life, is, is to create these tools where two people are going to build something. There seems to be two different approaches at play. Then there's one in which your clothes are very much for the viewer, they're for the guy or the, the spectator looking at what the woman mm. is wearing, but they're also for the wearer. How do you kind of juggle that? Is it's, it for one more than the other? It's really funny because when the galaxy came out, I. I create something bigger than me, and I think I, I love that. I love the fact that people don't know, especially my face, but they know my dress really well. But women start to wear the same dress and feel so unique and could gather all together in the same, and say, I'm different than you. They, it was really weird, that dress, because I still think it's a uniform. I'm a, a, you know, I'm a guy who loves uniform. I'm a kid of the 80s. I was a model for Yoji Yamamoto. That's me. my mind is quite a zip on the back. It's a boiler suit of, of glamour, a, a dress for me. But women start to, to wear it and say, I'm different than you, and, but you look really good, but I look really good too. That's mean it keep a sense of, of independence, my, my clothing. And that's where I'm, I'm really proud of. I don't dictate one attitude on a woman, she can exist on the top of the dress. She, she, she make the dress us, in a, in a way. Mm. And, and that's one side of it. And after, that's mean, she will turn to a man and say, don't look at my dress, look out at me. And, and that's becoming, it's really fantastic how the dress disappear, but exist at the same time. It's brilliant, that, that, that feeling of transformation. I think I'm, I'm quite, gagging and addict on, on this moment of when, when 
it's magic, you know, it's like, wow. And it, it, and it disappears in a frame of a second, but you're just like, and you're trapped in it. That's interesting, that view of womanhood. Is that what you think like, true femininity is? It's that ability to transform and be confident? Yeah. yeah. I consider a woman all the time as, as a mirror ball in, in a club, you know, <laughs> 1,000 little mirrors and shining in, in, in all directions, and all the time in contradiction. And I love that because men are not in contradiction. Men will be like, just one way is, is like that. Women will say, I love white, but I'm going to wear black. And don't try to change their mind. Because the more powerful they are, the more stubborn they will be. I think I find women more stubborn than men. Mm. Men so are proud, women are stubborn. Your aesthetic now, it's obviously so signature to you. People think of those kind of fitted silhouettes that you do, but you haven't always done that kind of design. No. When you first started, you were doing streetwear. Tell me about, because it's People Corporation. Yes. Talk to me about that. It was based really about, about rock, uh, underground. Uh, everything was around music. Everything was around people who live in London. It was the beginning of, of, of Lee McQueen, it, it, it was Katie England, it was, you know, all that generation. We were really starting, we were nobodies and, and, and we were going out clubbing and we were taking drugs, you know, everything was together there. And, and that culture was, was coming out in, as the new generation of London would become Cool Britannia. But everything was there, and it was rough, and it was, an, you know, it was still in the end of of recession, but and the beginning of, of of the new age, and and you could still find places that that were really rough, and you could enjoy yourself, and that's why the, the collection was, yeah, it was the good years of ID magazine still. <laughs> But you grew up a lot then, didn't you? Because Roland Murray, the aesthetic is very different. But you set up Roland Murray quite late. You were 36 when you did it. Did mm. you just have this epiphany where you thought, I need to do chic now? No, well, at 36, a big, as like every British brand at the time, People Corporation was selling a lot in, in Asia and Japan. And you had that bankruptcy. and. My business partner Franco, as a good Italian, say, "Oh, we don't sell anymore. We stop people <laughs> cooperation." And uh, Italians are really good for that. And uh, I had that, that vision. If I didn't start, or if I didn't try to be a fashion designer at forty, I would be a, a bitter bastard, bad mouthing other people who try to do it. That's me. It was a vision of me. I have to do it. I have to do it and for what it is. I have to go for it. And the second question is, what am I going to do? <laughs> is if I put my name inside an outfit, what does it have to look like? And I start to rip all the sheets in, in my house because I didn't know how to call the twirling fabric calico. I didn't know what to buy. That's me. I start to use the sheets in my house and and I start to drape. And you could see my two masters really driving me between Asdin and Yoji. It was that, I said, if I could be the bastard son of these two persons together, making a uniform sexy, it will be me. And, and the amount of outfit I draped that, oh, that's a good dress, but it's a Yoji dress, and I had to throw it. I had to throw everything away to the moment where one dress came out and I was just like, 
okay, that's me. That's really where, where I'm standing for. And because I had no training, I didn't know how to sew. Everything started by hand sewing and fabrics and, and deciding to show an image of, of my identity. And for two years, I refused to, to sell because I was not ready. And maybe that's the mistake I did, is not believing that was sellable. I've, uh, that, I think that's one moment of doubt. And I see someone like, like, like Albert Baz, he never doubted about a cultural dress. I doubted there. I said, that's not the expectation of someone who wants to buy. And I took two years to, to, to learn and everything become, you know, the story, you know, is meeting my business partner, losing my name. But, but these first two years, that doubt, I still question it. Did I do it because I didn't want to do it or did I do it because I wanted to just enjoy the creative aspect of it just to do something just for me? Even to the point I was close to bankruptcy, I had no more money, but I did it for me. I don't know. I, I, I still try to understand, but at the end, my career is my career. You touched on it before when you mentioned, you know, the, the story, losing your name, getting it back. Talk to me a bit about that moment, you know, where you, you walked away from your... Yeah. giving up your name, that's a big thing to give up. It was quite fantastic. <laughs> it, it was splitting up, it was divorcing someone. That's mean, the, the, there was the pain of divorcing. Uh, but at the same time, there, there was the, the excitement of challenging me, of coming out of the box. I want, I love to do things that nobody has done. That's I think if my ego is somewhere, if I'm pretentious, pretentious as a French person, is I try to do things nobody has done. That's mean my business partner at the time did what everybody will do when when you're splitting. He said, you will never come back. I will stop you. You something that when there is no love, there is hate. And, and it came out to my feet. And I just said, you did the best thing to me. You gave me a challenge and I'm going to prove you that, that I'm going to be back. And that was, the, that was the challenge. Nobody came back without their names, from Hervé Léger to, to a bunch of people. We're living in a world where everything's changing. My clothes are so specific, it's my technique. The technique is better than the name. Let's make the technique tech more visible on the outside. Let's make an outfit that from the outside, you read it so much, Roland Murray, that inside, you can have just the initial. And the best, as a fashion culture, the best person was uh, Margiela, white square. You can read someone without words. Fashion is a language without words. And, and I went there. So it must have been, it sounds like it was a very formative time for you then. You must it, it, it was. And, and I had a best experience when I was 27 in Paris at the, the time of AIDS and, and, and you have to learn about losing. I, I read that book from Georges Perec was called the, La Disparition, which is a book like that without the letter E inside. And you go, it's a normal story, but it's the experience of reading it. It's losing a limb, losing something that you will relate so much about when you think your life couldn't exist without it. And you go through the, the non-acceptance to the 
don't want to read that book, throw it in the room and say, not interested. Coming back a few weeks after, starting again, and realizing that there is a moment he opened in your mind, you're reading the book, and you don't try to find that letter anymore. And you find the story quite normal, to a certain level average. And you arrive at the end of it, and you understand the philosophy of that book. And, and that was something at 27 that kept me together on experience. And, and I'm still doing it the same way. I, I will go in situations and say, can we do it without that? Is that can change? And, and I think that's how I came back with my, just my initials and just promised myself, it's going to be better. And when I brought back my name, I was really happy, but I was really sad to say goodbye to RM, to that, that person without a leg. Uh, you know, I've been all the time fan with, of dogs with three legs. When you see them walking, you, feel, you want to cuddle them, but at the end, they're the strongest one. They're the one they don't need any, anybody. They can walk with three legs. They learn how to look with to walk with three legs. And I love that person who had a bit of an amputation in my mm -hmm. life.